Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. Wow, do we sound we sound a little loud today, does it? We just me? do. It's like pump, did it? you like pump up the volume or something? Did you I watch Pump know. Up the what Volume the and then decide to pump up the volume? <laughs> I mean, geez. Hey, you know what? That's a great movie, by the way. It is. You know, actually it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about movies similar to Pump Up the Volume. And mm. I, I was watching um not too long ago uh Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. Okay. Yeah. Which uh I mean one of the most cultural uh, influential movies ever made. Mm. Basically, a movie yeah. about race, about how we view race relations in this country. And of course, it—I mean—it starred Spike Lee. He was in the title role in the film, and mm. it had Danny Aiello in it. Aiello was nominated for an Oscar in that movie. I think. I mean, Do the Right Thing was kind of his. That—that uh, that was the first movie, right? The first big movie. That was the first big movie he had. Yeah. And he, obviously, he's come out with some other really good ones subsequently, which have actually been very good. Like, for example, Inside Man with uh, Clive Owen and. Um, uh, Christopher Plummer, Jodie Foster, Denzel Washington, but also Black Klansman, uh, mm. which is based on the true story of a, um, a black Colorado police officer who posed as a, as a member of the Ku Klux Klan to expose okay. the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> right. Well, it, yeah. The, the, uh, was the, he on the internet or something? They no. They didn't see him? Or well, what, actually, what this was before the internet. He actually, uh, the, the story is based around a cop who... Um, who uh, basically applies for membership with the Ku Klux Klan in Colorado. And he does it through phone, through phone contacts. Mm. And so he, he, do, he doesn't meet the actual Klansman that he's trying to, what he's trying to do is expose large Klan activity there from, from a local Klan in Colorado. Okay. And so he does it by going undercover via phone. Well, Adam Driver, who played Kylo Ren in the Star yeah, Wars films, yeah. you know, Adam Driver's in it as well. And Adam Driver plays the white cop who was supposed to be the real life uh, cop that um, this other cop is portraying? So the now the actor who's the black cop, his name is John David Washington. For those of you who don't know who that is, that's Denzel Washington's son. Oh, okay. So Adam okay. Driver is his partner, and Adam Driver plays the white version of Ron Stallworth, who is the lead character. So they're kind of tag teaming it. So they're tag teaming it. Yeah. So Ron Stallworth plays Ron Stallworth over the phone. And then Adam Driver plays Ron Stallworth in real life, in real life. <laughs> when they go to expose the clan. But it's yeah. a fantastic movie. If it's, you haven't seen not, it, you need to see it. It's not like Blazing Saddles, you know, where, where the uh, uh, the sheriff comes in. Remember when he's dressed as the clan's man? And then he goes to sign. He's hey, how'd they get on me? Right. He's like, <laughs> no, it's de- <laughs> it is, you know, it's definitely, definitely not like that. In fact, funny you mention that because if they tried to show Blazing Saddles today, Boy, that movie would only have about 30 seconds of it. Well, I'll tell you, it was funny. I, I, I was listening to, uh, of course, I do listen to other podcasts out there. And one guy was talking about that. He goes, you know, because there's a movie that came out. I think it's called Origins. And he was yeah. he was reviewing it. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the problem with the movie, though, is that it this isn't going to reach anybody. He goes, what we need, and he mentioned that. He goes, what we need is another comedy like Blazing Saddles. Yeah. To kind of a satire. <clears throat> That's going to reach people. You know, th- th- those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, people really are affected more through comedy than yeah. I think they are... Mm-hmm. Um, drama to change their minds i think you know drama we all experience drama but but i i do agree with that i mean comedy seems to really hit you know it kind of hits everyone it does uh and and it uh it's something that can be very impactful it does 
uh, more so than just the drama or throwing things in their face about, you know, mm-hmm. here, here here are the facts and dun, dun, dun. Right, just, right, you know, exactly, then, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so I thought it was kind of interesting, but anyway. Yeah, so you mentioned Going pump back to that. Pump Up the Volume, though, Pump Up the Volume, uh, actually, you could say Pump Up the Volume is uh, probably one, of, uh, for me, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why we're doing this today. I mean, I've always, right. growing up, I've always wanted to be... Um, <clears throat> A disc jockey kind of thing, you know. Oh, I, mean, okay. I remember as a kid, okay. yeah. back in the day, back in the day when we had record <laughs> players. When I had record players, there was no tape shit, the and you had to walk just, barefoot in the snow to yeah, work. Barefoot yeah. in the snow, <laughs> uphill both ways. Right, right. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, but back in the day, I remember, you know, I had a record player, mm-hmm. and I and I would have like a fake mic set up, wow. and I would pretend I was a disc jockey, you know, because right. back then we had just the radio, no iPods, mm-hmm. none of this streaming music stuff. Right, it was right. just the radio. So those mm-hmm. guys were huge back then yep and then uh and then i i just love the idea when this movie came along you know mm-hmm. because obviously i w- that wasn't going that way i mean i did other things in life but yeah. when this movie came along what was it 84 i think i want to say it was yeah 84 in, in early 80s yeah. um it was like this guy has a pirated radio station and i thought mm-hmm. that was the coolest that would be the <clears throat> coolest freaking thing because nobody controls you. Yeah. And then look where we are now. I mean, mm-hmm. not that that led to it, but I mean, that idea, here we are. Everybody we are right has now. these podcasts and they yeah. can talk about anything they want, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be on yeah. the internet and reach people. Well, it's it's the perfect definition of niche broadcasting. That's uh, what it, it's niche broadcasting. We're reaching yeah. a specific audience, I hope, and more. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was also thinking, and I think a movie you would like along the lines of radio is a movie called Pirate Radio. Yeah, you know, I do remember that. Uh, I don't know if I've ever watched. Did that have Ben Stiller in it? It did not have Ben Stiller. No, that, I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> so then. this movie has. But I do remember that name. Sorry. Fantastic cast: Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it, and Reese, uh, Reese Ifans is in it. Tom Hollander, who was in uh, some of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, as Lord Beckett, is in it. <clears throat> uh, also, um, Bill Nye is in it. Oh my God, I love Bill Nye. Bill, Bill Nye's fantastic. It's based on a true story about these British radio disc jockeys who are basically censored by the government. They're censored mm. by the British Broadcasting Company, which is a state-run uh, broadcasting yeah. government entity. They are censored because they don't like them playing rock music. They order the disc jockeys to play classical music mm. instead. Well, when the DJs say, bleep off, what do they do? Mm. They decide to go outside British jurisdiction. They broadcast their show from a little boat, which yeah, is about yeah. 35, 40 miles off, right. off the English Channel there. Where British government doesn't rule, they're technically in international waters. If they're beyond, if they're beyond a certain extent, so uh, therefore the name pirate radio. Pirate, hence the name pirate radio. Pirates out there, but it's based on a true story. These these British DJs did not want to be censored, so they told the British government, "Okay, fine, you're going to censor us. Here's what we're going to do." But again, a fantastic cast: Philip Seymour Hoffman, Reese Ifans, and a great soundtrack too. A lot of great '60s music in there if you like '60s and '70s music. Nice, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that one. I seems, I seems like I know the movie. I don't yeah. think I've ever like watched the movie or I've seen bits and pieces. Never really sat down and watched the whole thing. It's good. Oh, it also has Nick Frost, yeah. who's in a lot of Simon Pegg's, um, you know, uh, Shaun of the Dead movies and stuff like that. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah, he was yeah. in that one uh, comedy, Paul, with Simon Pegg about them going to Area Fifty One to find alien life and stuff like that. <laughs> and on the way, they go to like Star Trek conventions and stuff. So yeah, it's a pretty funny comedy. But oh, anyway, man. Yeah, you would like you would like Pirate Radio too. I think. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, man. 
Pub of the Volume. If you guys haven't seen it either, check that one out. That, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely. a great... Uh, I have that on DV, DVD, hard media. And I have Pirate Radio on Blu-ray if you want to borrow oh, it. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I may do that. I'll then bring I'll it to, over. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to go to uh, Jason's uh, uh, video store. That's right. And rent it. <laughs> Best thing is, I don't charge for renting, nor do I charge do, late fees. Okay, let me ask you this. When you when we go to your store, uh, yeah. do you have the disc in the uh, sleeves, or do I have to go to the counter and get the actual disc? Uh, no, you'll get the disc in the case. In the case. Oh, it's, okay, it's okay. Not you, in the sleeve. You, you trust me. And you know how in the in yes. the uh, the old video stores you'd go and the the sleeve would be empty. Oh, many times. And then you'd yeah. have to. They'd have to put it into the. You know, you'd give them the movie and they'd have to yeah. put it in there. A lot of times, the bigger stores didn't do that. But a lot of the right, smaller right. Ones. The small one, the mom and pop stores did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, great. Hey, I want to tell you something too. You know what today is? Actually, when we record this, actually by the time you guys hear this, it'll be past. But today, as we're recording this, is Happy National Popcorn Day. Yay! Yay! Hit the drum roll. I know, I don't have... Hey! Yeah! We gotta get a crowd sound effect. Like, yay! Cheering and clapping. Yay! Yeah, well, I would recommend not getting a crowd sound from a Giants game because there won't be a lot of volume. Ah, So (laughs) go to a Dodgers game instead. He's wearing his Dodgers shirt right here. This is what I got to say about that. (laughs) Yeah, Yikes. But anyway, today is National uh, Popcorn Day. So like I said, by the time you guys hear this out there. January 19th. January 19th. It'll be passed. But still, you can celebrate it when you hear it. I think actually every day should be National Popcorn Day. Hey, if it was up to my daughter, it would be. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know. Know, for if it was up to me, it would be man. Yep. But I was reading some of this, and this is very interesting. I did not know that popcorn. You know, popcorn was. Uh, I mean, it's been in the ancient world, right? They discovered it back like the Aztecs had it. So I've heard it does um, date back to pre, like not pre, but really ancient civilizations. Is so, what I was trying to say. Yeah. So I guess I don't know how to pronounce this, but I guess uh, the popcorn is a different kernel than mm-hmm. like I always thought they just processed corn differently let it dry mm-hmm. out and yeah. it would make popcorn okay but i guess that's not what happens so it's a special type of, of uh it uh, looks corn. like it's pronounced zia maize verta yeah zia maize verta i guess yeah. if we're pronouncing that correctly right and it's saying in 1948 at least as far as as mm-hmm. uh here uh mm-hmm. it was uh, discovered uh disco- not well it wasn't brought out in 1948 but it was mm-hmm. discovered by these two guys uh they found some of these uh, uh old uh corns or uh, kernels mm-hmm. uh, in a in a bat cave, <laughs> Batman in a bat cave uh-huh. in uh, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere they've dated back to four thousand years old. I thought, man, that is crazy, right? That is very crazy. Uh, but it says here, yes, uh, we're looking at this. And by the way, this is from uh, nationaltoday.com. I guess they have all the mm-hmm. the uh, holidays on there, different holidays. Um, it does say the Aztecs used it to decorate their clothes uh, for ceremonies. Native Americans had it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Pueblo Native American. I mean, the popcorn has been around for a long, long time. Uh, kind of interesting. Uh, what do you think? Okay, let me ask you this. What is yeah. your favorite popcorn? <clears throat> My favorite. Okay, well, let me, let me let me have you clarify that question, please. What do you mean by what is your favorite popcorn? Well, Are you talking about my favorite flavor or favorite type or how it's prepared or to what? To me, popcorn, pretty much popcorn <clears throat> is popcorn, right? You either yeah, get yellow okay. or white. They do have white popcorn now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. But I guess the, the <clears throat> question would be your favorite as in the types of flavors. Do you like oh, just the it, standard, you know, I know we talked about, we were talking earlier about depending on mm-hmm. certain medical conditions out there, you know, there's only certain ones that people can have. But, but if you were to choose a favorite one, mm-hmm. Uh, what would that be? What's like your all-time favorite flavor on a popcorn? My all-time favorite flavor on a popcorn is caramel. I love, Ooh. I loved, I loved caramel corn. With chocolate too, or no? No, just regular, just regular caramel. Regular okay. caramel. When I was a kid, I used to eat a lot of that. <clears throat> My grandmother used to make caramel corn, 
and I loved it. In fact, there's this uh, one corn, there's this one popcorn shop down in um, I think in Southern California, and then there's even some in the Bay Area called Popcornopolis. Okay. And they make. I think the, they, don't they have a lot of stuff that they put in like Costco's and I mean during the holidays and stuff, right? Yeah, there you I, go. I see people <clears throat> handing them out. Popcornopolis. Yeah, yeah, Popcornopolis, and they make really, really, oh, really that stuff good. Stuff is really corn. good. But they have a really cool shop, or at least they did, down at uh, Universal City and City Walk. Mm. When you're walking up to Universal Studios, there, the main entrance of the theme park version. Okay. Yeah. And you could actually see them make uh, make the popcorn as they were preparing it. So that was cool. I don't know if they still have that there anymore. Oh, interesting. But I, uh, caramel corn is my favorite. Love caramel corn. I will say, <clears throat> I, li- I like the flavored popcorns yeah. are good. But I, I do agree. And I was going to say, the, the, they have a, a list here of favorite flavor. They, have, uh, they show you w- how they rank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do agree with this. Uh, to me, butter, the, the plain old butter and salt. Okay. Is top of the list for me. I got to okay. go with that. Now, I, I'll say that the butter and salt, and if you add the M&Ms in there, that's the trick. You got to add the M&Ms. Now, what about little pretzels? Do you also add little pretzels I in there? I don't add the pretzels, okay. but okay. just the M&Ms. I do like the uh, M&Ms in there, but okay. I, I okay. will just go for the whole, the old-fashioned standard butter and salt popcorn. Okay. And I was going to say, <laughs> and, and on the list here, that is, yeah. uh, you know, out of uh, uh, the respondents, 30% agreed, too. They oh. went with the butter. Now, wow. we'll go through real quick. I mean, yeah. uh, plain popcorn, actually, I, which I'm surprised anybody did likes it, but but uh, 2%, 2% like the plain one. Hmm. Cheddar <laughs> cheese, 11%. Uh, yeah. White cheddar, 16%, which is, so actually people like white cheddar better than regular cheddar. Garlic, did, do you like garlic on your popcorn? I like... That's an interesting flavor to put yeah, on popcorn. Yeah, I can honestly say I've never had garlic on popcorn before, so I can't honestly answer that question. So thir- <laughs> uh, 3% <clears throat> like the garlic. Now okay. here's yours. Yes, caramel corn. Caramel yes. corn is what? 15.8%. 15%? All right, we'll just round. Okay, we'll say 16. We can 16% round it. we can round up. Yeah. Kettle corn. Now I love kettle corn also. Kettle, kettle corn good. is good too. Yeah. 15% on that. Yep. Uh, that's a little bit lower though. It's 15.1. The, the right. caramel was 15 point eight yeah uh then we have uh the the last three were just red velvet zebra and turtle turtle was at three percent zebra i don't know what these are are these like zebra is that like with chocolate on it i i would imagine it's combination yeah maybe just like whipping them around in chocolate or i mean red velvet i can see it would be red velvet like cake flavors yeah like red velvet cake but but now what's turtle though is turtle like a truffle flavor or something or isn't like well like a turtle candy isn't it kind of like a a caramel and chocolate together yeah because that's what i think of when i hear turtle i think of like truffles like where you have Mm. caramel like caramel light caramel stuffed inside the middle of of like chocolate candy. like chocolate yeah, yeah, that, yeah those are called turtles or truffles so that's what i think of when i hear turtle so yeah so i so right there i think uh i'm right in the uh i'm right in the main uh as far as the list goes here i'm right on the top there with the, with the 30 percent with the butter um right. another thing battle of the sexes they they kind of point out here who loved uh who loves kettle corn more <clears throat> men or women hmm and um, surprisingly, apparently, as, as as far as the respondents, uh, women women love it more. Yeah, women love it more. I think seventeen percent of women seventeen percent compared to thirteen uh, for yeah. men. So mm-hmm. yeah. Now, if we're going to go for brands, to me, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but nah. the the old uh, old school Orville Redenbacher. Oh Bocker, I can't say the guy's Orville name. Redenbacher. Ever, yes. Orville Redenbacher is at fifty three percent here. Now, I will be honest with you, as a kid. Being around my grandparents, I grew up around Jiffy Pop. Oh, yeah. Grew up around Jiffy Pop. For those of you who don't know what Jiffy Pop popcorn is, Jiffy Pop, it's still actually made. 
Uh, it comes in like a, a foil, its own little foil serving tray, and it has a, an aluminum handle at the end of it. looks it. like a little pan. Exactly, like a little pan. Thank you. Yeah. And then what you would do is you would turn on uh, your stovetop to a mm-hmm. certain heat, put the Jiffy Pop pan right on top of the stovetop there, and then you could actually see the popcorn start to pop up in the pan. And the best thing about it was you didn't have to really empty it into a separate bowl or a plate if you, you wanted. You could eat it right You could just eat it directly out of the pan. What, what yeah. it had is it also had uh, yeah. the, it had a foil expandable foil top on it. So That's as right. it popped, you could the see foil it. would, right. would it, it wouldn't just, you know, pop all over the place, but yes. the foil would keep it contained, but yeah. it would it would expand up. Exactly, yeah. 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 Oh, I remember. I thought that was the yeah. coolest thing when I was a kid. Right? I that. thought Jiffy Pop was awesome too. Now, yeah. let me ask you this. Yes. Um, what how do you prepare popcorn at home what do you do do you air it do you how do you do it i'll be honest uh my family still purchases the microwavable okay yeah it's just more convenient that way yeah uh what i've learned to do with the microwave popcorn is when i first started purchasing it i would cook it too long and it would burn and it would just Mm. completely waste the popcorn so what i do is when it tells you at least on the certain packages that you buy like for me cook it for a minute and 30 seconds it's like no cook it for a minute not the full minute 30 seconds and then stop it after a minute let it sit for a couple and then uh, grab the bag when it's safe to grab it, and then I kind of toss it and <clears throat> get all the butter, rest of the butter spread around in there. Then I open it and eat it. That's oh, how, okay. that's how we prepare it there. Interesting. At home. Yeah. I'm a I'm a well I'm an old fashioned guy with that too. I'll do okay. now old fashioned, but how yeah. how old is the air popper? Now the air popper is quite old now. Now I will use the air popper. I also have one of those. Uh, oh, what are they called? One of those kettle. Uh, it's not kettle corn, but it's basically the pan you put on the stove and it has a little handle with the stirring, uh, mechanism on it. Yes, and you put a little yes. bit of oil in there with the kernels and you stir it and it pops and it, oh man, I just love it. And yep. here's the secret. I'm gonna tell everybody the secret out there and you're gonna think I'm crazy and it is because I'm part oaky, but here we go. <laughs> what you do is you take it when you, if you do some bacon or something for breakfast, you save that bacon grease. Yeah, you take a little bit of that bacon grease and you put in that popcorn, and Ooh. that seals the deal. Nice. My my stepdad used to do that all the time, and yeah. and 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 he wasn't the only one. We did that in our family, but he would all he would make he would make popcorn in a skillet, in a regular cast iron skillet with the bacon grease in it, and he would put the mm-hmm. kernels in there and pop them. Oh my gosh, man, that was yeah. the best. I don't know, there's. Something about that flavor. It's just, oh, it's really best. And you also use, you don't use any vegetable oil. You use coconut oil. Coconut now, oil. Coconut okay. oil for the popcorn, and that's what gives it the flavor like the movie theaters. Did you know that movie theaters use coconut oil? <clears throat> yeah. That's how they pop it. So that's what gives it that flavor. Okay. okay. So so that it kind of helps you get that same type of uh, movie theater flavor in okay. there. So okay. coconut oil with just a, and if you have some, get a little bit of bacon grease in there. That's going to be the, the, uh-huh. the kicker. And then put your butter and salt on there. Okay. And then your heart stops and, uh, you know, after after you eat all that. <laughs> and then I kill over and die. Yeah. And, and then yeah. everything gets plugged up. But hey, it was well worth it. Before we move on to popcorn, real quick, did you know um, originally popcorn was not in movie theaters? Uh, no, I did not. History of popcorn. I looked it up because I was like, well, when did when did people start doing that? Was it yeah. in the beginning? You know, the movie theater, just like everything else, just like air travel. You know, you uh, go flying on an airplane and stuff. In the beginning, it was a big deal. And so to go on a night out to the movie theater, like we're talking back in the, you know, when uh, when they first had movies, you would dress up, right? We're talking the early, uh, you know, nineteen hundreds, sure, right? Mm-hmm. So you would dress up. 
And uh, it was a big deal. There was no food, no concessions. Okay. Now, what happened is that, I guess, during uh, when I was reading the story, during the Depression, uh, the 30s, mm-hmm. people started sneaking popcorn in because they could get popcorn cheaply. Mm-hmm. And so they started sneaking in and, and eating it. So the, okay. uh, you know, the, the movie theater owners thought, okay, well, this is something. So they started letting vendors uh, mm-hmm. be in front of the theater mm-hmm. and that people could buy and just bring it in. Oh, you know, okay. And that way to help just keep the business going because it was the 30s. It was a great depression. <clears throat> sure. Mm-hmm. Right? But you could get popcorn back then really cheaply. <clears throat> okay. So that that's why they they did popcorn. All right. Um, and then I guess eventually the the uh, theater owners decided, hey, you know what? Uh, when when they figured out how to do it inside, uh, they're like, you know what? We can make really good money off this. Is pretty cheap. I mean, it's cheap right, to yeah. make, and mm-hmm. we can we can sell it. And so that's when okay. it started. They started doing the concessions inside, and that was sure. that was a little bit after that. I think that was in the early uh, late thirties, early forties. And hmm. so it's only since the forties that we had that people really okay. had <clears throat> concessions in the uh, really. And then that's when they came out with the, you know, let's all go to the lobby. lobby. Yeah, yeah. And then you had a little dancing hot dog and the dancing popcorn <laughs> and the dancing soda, yeah. right? I thought it was kind of interesting, you know. So in, in the very beginning, it was it was frowned upon. You didn't bring any food. You dressed up, you know. You, you dressed because it was like a big deal. It was you know a fancy deal right, to right. go see a movie okay. back then. Now you know we're just in our pajamas and we got lounge chairs and sports jerseys we wear, and hats <laughs> and everything. Well, if we even dress up, it would be in our underwear, I guess. Like right, exactly. We do most of our watching from. <laughs> streaming from home so i'm wearing my my pajamas and my t-shirts and everything else like that so i I thought it was pretty interesting so yeah you guys out there you know go pop a a bucket of popcorn or microwave however you do it hey let me ask you this real quick before we get off the subject yeah now you said you microwave it do you ever do you use those i've looked at those before but i've never tried them those uh you can buy those bowls that are for the microwave but you put your kernels in there to pop them and make microwave popcorn that way have you ever done that never done it that way before So you just get the bags that are ready to go we just get the the prepared bags that are gotcha. ready to go. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering how, how good they work. That's why I was asking because I haven't tried them. And I looked at them and I thought, hey, those are kind of neat, but I don't know if they'd work that well. Yeah, I wish I could give you a thumbs up on that All one, right. but unfortunately I can't. Okay, so if anybody, yeah. hey, if anybody's out there, uh, do go to our social media. Yeah, go to go to Facebook. And, and let us know. Let me know. Yes. If those work in the microwave, those those yes. ones you buy to put your own kernels in yes. and use it in the microwave, how good they work, if they're worth it, uh, go to, so it would be uh, on um, X at PTI underscore podcast. And then on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. And just say, yes, popcorn works. No, it doesn't work. There you uh, go. Maybe we should put up a poll. That would be good. Maybe. You know what? Let's do that. You can do a poll on X. I say yeah. you do that. Yeah. And then we'll, I'll, I'll put up one on Facebook. And we'll, yeah, and we'll, yeah. And we'll, see, uh, we'll okay. see what people say. So anyway. Sounds good. Hey, moving on here. You had a very interesting story, something that won't go away. Unfortunately for an, an actor. Yes. So, okay. So I found this story actually um, or actually just earlier today, earlier this afternoon. Um, so Alec Baldwin, we all know who Alec Baldwin is. We don't need to get in detail about his career. Alec Baldwin uh, was recently indicted, I think as of today, a grand jury in Santa Fe, New Mexico, indicted him on an involuntary manslaughter charge. In the mm. 2021 fatal shooting uh, during a rehearsal on the movie set of uh, his new movie called Rust. Now, for those of you who have listened to our show for a long time, you know that uh, uh, Eric and I were keeping you guys updated about this situation. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, just a kind of a, a brief truncated synopsis here. Alec Baldwin was in New Mexico shooting his uh, newest movie, which is still slated to come out, called Rust. And unfortunately, what happened was the prop gun that was being used actually had a live round in it. And when Alec Baldwin pulled the trigger, 
Uh, one of the cinematographers was unfortunately shot and killed by the live round in the yeah. gun. I think the cinematographer <laughs> got, and I think it was a director also got winged. Uh, yes. The, from a ricochet or yes. something. From a, something yes. happened there. And yeah. as a result, there were many, many lawsuits, obviously, that sprung yeah. up around this. Well, and then it and was, it became, a, I mean, he even went to, was it 2020 or he had one of these interviews? He had where an he emotionally broken down interview on 2020. And, and then and, he, and yeah. he was blaming the, uh, the armor. The prop masters uh, prop and the master, armor. Yeah. yeah and exactly. Then, and it was, you know, so everybody was pointing fingers at everybody. It was a mess. Exactly. And for a while there, it looked like he was actually going to escape charges because at one point there were criminal charges that were dropped. But now. Yeah, they threw him out, right? So, yeah, they threw him out. But now, and I posted this story on our Facebook page, by the way, guys, at Pardon the Intermission. So you can go on there and actually read what we're citing from. But according here, it says that um, uh, that because he was indicted there by the grand jury, special prosecutors brought the case before the grand jury months after receiving a new analysis of the gun that was used. Okay, so this does not pertain to the previous charges then that he was filed, that were filed against him. It sounds like this might be something new, Eric, that just mm. kind of popped up here in the last couple of months or so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because uh, Baldwin's claiming here yeah. in, in, in this article, it says that uh, he said that he pulled back the hammer, but he did not pull the trigger. Right. And the gun fired. Mm -hmm. So he's saying it was, I guess, a misfire, right? But, yeah, uh, yeah. Or I don't know if they call it a misfire. But anyway, the, the, the gun <coughs> malfunctioned, mm -hmm. apparently, yeah. is what he's alluding to. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly. And yeah. then, but yeah, but like you said, there because of the new mm -hmm. uh, evidence uh, around surrounding the, the analysis of the gun. <laughs> yeah. You know, that they're, they're sort of opening back up. So basically, this thing's not going away. I mean, this no. opened it right back up now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and uh, also judges apparently have agreed to put on hold several civil lawsuits seeking compensation from both Baldwin and the producers of the film after prosecutors said they would present charges to a grand jury. And then plaintiffs in those suits include members of the film crew. So you're right, Eric. This is rearing its ugly face again, and it is not going away anytime soon. So, I mean, this could actually, uh, he could actually still end up in jail because He's, of this, right? He, realistically, he could. Yeah, yeah, he really could. And when, when a case goes before a grand jury, I'm no legal expert here, folks. I got my law degree from watching Law and Order. But, I mean, there is a little bit because I, I did study, you know, like constitutional law when I was in college to a bit. But when when a case goes before a grand jury, that's serious. Mm. It's serious. It means that prosecutors have more than enough evidence to prove your guilt or innocence. Or I mean, you know, prosecutors aren't trying to prove um, to prove your innocence; they're trying to prove your guilt. So when it go when it goes before a grand jury, that means you are in a lot of trouble. Because that means you better have a very good defense attorney who can yeah. fight off a, a mountain of evidence that apparently is overwhelming to convict you. And if if Baldwin is convicted on these charges, he could be doing some serious jail time. Well, and, and on top of that, too, didn't they also start recently uh, start filming the the uh, they on did. the set again they they, they uh, ramped it back up right they so. did filming uh, filming resumed on the uh set of the film i think just before the end of the year i think they started picking up filming around i want to say october no actually no earlier than that around late august early september was one mm. because they they quit the production of the film throughout the summer and then yeah they resumed production late August early September. Well, I'm wondering if if they would have if they wouldn't have done that if they just would have closed it down mm -hmm. and just you know it's gone if right. uh, if maybe the things wouldn't have been pursued maybe because they they're I don't know you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say because you kind of wonder you know okay this stuff was kind of. Mm -hmm. How how did it how did the grand jury pick it back up? Who you know who brought this mm -hmm. before? In other words, who who's kind of I wonder who's spearheading this, uh, bringing it back right? Because it basically mm -hmm. got thrown out. It was it was gone. It was done. Yes. 
Um, and then all of a sudden... Well, it says here in the story, Eric, that there was an analysis led by, if I pronounce this correctly, a Lucian Hogg of Forensic Science Services in Arizona who said that although Baldwin repeatedly denied pulling the trigger, and I quote, given the tests, findings, and observations reported here, the trigger had to be pulled or depressed sufficiently to release these fully cocked or retracted hammer of the evidence revolver. So in layman's terms, this science, this forensic expert is saying... Well, Baldwin said he didn't pull the trigger knowingly, but based on what I've seen, he did. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Somebody, somebody, not not yeah. necessarily, I mean, you know, to, to do an investigation to say, hey, here's the weapon. Can you see if there's any fault, yeah. faulty uh, work, it, we're inner workings with this weapon? And and yeah. they can prove that. But I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at, though, is there must be somebody else driving this, like a pit bull that won't let this go. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure somebody's grinding an axe right now. Yeah. yeah I mean, no it has doubt. to be somebody because otherwise this thing just would have vanished away. I mean, a lot of times, you know, uh, isn't that how the world works? You know, a lot of times, you know, with, it right, is. And, and especially in, in all these fields in sports and movies, entertainment that, you know, things can happen pretty bad and then it just kind of disappears. And you know? when you are somebody like Baldwin, who has been um, who has been very divisive about his political and social mm. beliefs and spreading those around, not only in his occupation, but outside the occupation. And when you look at his history of drug and alcohol abuse, he yeah. doesn't exactly have a checker-free past that can defend him here. He's not... He doesn't come across as being a very nice guy. Let's yeah. just say it that way. So he's probably, he's probably a lot of people that have axe to grind. There are, I'm sure there are tons him, yeah. of people that have axes to grind with him. Yes. Yeah. So Anyway, so it looks like, folks, it's not going away. We'll keep you nope. updated as we will. more and more come in. But mm -hmm. uh, if he thought he was in the clear or if he, you know, if it was over, yeah. uh, apparently not. Um, yep, it looks like the rust hasn't worn out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no rust on it. Somebody shined it up. Yeah, and, right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, got it. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe you should go into comedy. Uh, no, I'm not going to. No, go into yeah, comedy. gonna do a stand up open mic night. No, if I did stand up, I'd have eggs and tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with the price of them, I, I wouldn't mind that. I'd be like, yeah, let me get a basket and collect those. Uh, yeah, right. Hey, I'll, I need I need to make a cob salad, guys. Keep them. Coming. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. keep them coming. I got to eat. Right. <clears throat> hey, um, real quick here, uh, I got this from. We got this covered. Uh, Tulsa King. Did you watch it? I never saw Tulsa King, but I heard great things about it. It is a great series. Uh, we watched it. My wife and I watched it. Loved it. Okay. Um, stars Sylvester Stallone. Kind of plays this. He plays this mob guy. He gets out of jail, mm -hmm. and his uh, reward or slash uh, penalty mm -hmm. is that he has to go to this. They send him to this. Uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma. This um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Send him to this little Oki uh, place. You know, and uh, to kind of get rid of him. To get him out of okay. New York, okay, you know, okay, out of sight, out of mind. Sure. That's his reward for doing. <clears throat> supposedly, he, uh, if you guys watch the season, supposedly he he covers for people. You know, he's one of these guys. You know, he, he didn't snitch, and then his reward now is he gets thrown out to, mm. in the middle of nowhere, right? Okay, kind of like how we used to say in the old days in Siberia, they'd send you to Siberia, Siberia yeah, right? To chop know, rocks, out, <laughs> yeah, out in the middle of in nowhere. <laughs> right. That's your reward, right? Anyway, uh, <laughs> but. It, it's a great show. I'm not going to give you too much more on that if you guys want to watch. It's a great show. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of season two. It looks like it's in some trouble here. Now, I was looking forward to it. Um, just real quick. Uh, this is written by Taylor Sheridan, who does uh, Yellowstone. Oh, he did Yellowstone. He also did a really good movie called Hell or High Water. 
and he's done. Um, he's written. I mean, he's he's doing all those other series too. Was it 1886 and he did whatever pre- yeah, 1945, or whatever. 1927, 1927, whatever. Yeah, Taylor yeah. Sheridan's a, a good writer. He's a. Good, I don't know how the guy writes. So much. I mean, he, the guy is so stinking busy. How is he yeah, doing yeah. all these? Hey, you know, well, you know, when you're at the top of your game, there, you got to keep going, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, apparently, so there's a couple things. I guess they had a showrunner uh, who was involved in this and left, and yeah. they never replaced him. And okay. also, uh, they're talking about Stallone. You know, it's it's hard to shoot there. I guess they've been shooting a lot um, in uh, Oklahoma. Okay. And uh, and it says it's kind of hard. You know, the weather's not so uh, uh, nice a lot of times. So uh, it's getting harder for Stallone because he's what seventy five now, I think. Uh, probably hinching toward the eighties, there. I would is think. He, I, how old is he? Does this say how old he is in this thing? No. Uh, well, here, let's Google it. Yeah, Google it real quick. <laughs> I'll Google it. Do, let's do, see. Do, 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 Hold do. on. Let's see. No, it was in this story. I'm looking here. Um, anyway, dun dun dun. dun. Yeah, so, seventy five year old. Seventy seven years old. Oh, he's seventy seven. Yes. Oh, his character is 75. Sorry. Yes. So the character he plays, Dwight, is 75, is 75 but he's 77. Okay. So, he was yeah. born July 6, 1946. So they're saying that, too. You know, Stallone is kind of him and Han, too, about, you know, filming and, and this and that. You know, he does a great job on the show, though. Okay. Um, so I uh, just wanted to let people know that uh, they haven't, yeah, there's no uh, no reports of it Uh says that the uh, there were reports in early months of 2023 that the production was moving away from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. given the impact of the state's extreme temperatures, going back to because uh, of what, you know, Sylvester wasn't too happy with it. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just kind of stalled right now. Hmm. Um, so unfortunately, there may not be a second season for a while uh, for Tulsa. Huh. Tulsa okay. King. But uh, I hope, man, it's a great series. I hope they get it going. I hope they figured it out. Um, hmm. Yes, yeah, it it's been over a year since the show premiered, and there have been no official updates on the state of the second season. This kind of reminds me of when it would take like five years for the next season of Game of Thrones to come out. <laughs> well, that, that would always tick me off, man. But I will say Game of Thrones had a lot of moving parts. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, true. that was it a did. big production, and a lot of times yeah. they were filming multiple locations <clears throat> yep. and these huge you know, sets and everything else and these big war scenes. Yeah. So that was a little different. It was also predicated by how much content George R.R. R. Martin would provide them as well. Yeah, so. true, yeah. Well, the way that guy writes. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. It takes him take 20 decades. years to write one book. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I, I hope I hope it comes out. It's a great yeah. series. If you guys haven't seen it, I think I talked about it uh, in a previous uh, podcast here, but you got to check it out. Also, absolutely. Moving on, uh, I know you were excited about this. Yes, Chuck E. Cheese is going to do. Uh, they're going to air an adult Squid Game style Chuck E. Cheese game TV show. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Are you excited about this or what? Hit the button for me, please. Huh? <laughs> that's that's how excited hey I am. you know what after after some of the stuff they put on tv i wouldn't mind watching this eric um yes i'm gonna be upfront and honest with you about okay, this one do this, it do this it be upfront and honest this is absolutely deplorable chucky e. what che- there are very few establishments that i deplore to the ends of the earth chucky e. cheese is one of them mm. first of all the pizza was lousy every of course, time yeah. you would get the pizza the topping would always slip off and you would only have sauce on the pizza <clears throat> secondly you never got the mm. amount of tickets that you won for playing skee-ball yeah. all right third every when i'm eating when i'm there eating my food my pizza my cake and drinking my soda i don't want to see a giant six-foot rat walking around <laughs> you know ruffling my hair and playing kids you know what it is it is strange that you're eating food and then yes. there's a big rat walking around exactly. i will admit that thank you yeah. that's a health code violation folks yeah. or is he a so, mouse 
Uh, I think he's a maybe he's a mouse. Okay, maybe well, Chuck, Chuck okay. E. Cheese. I don't know. I think still, he's a mouse. Yeah. Still, I, I deplore Chuck E. Cheese. I do not like it. It would be it wouldn't be yeah, any different just, than walking around Disneyland. You got Mickey Mouse. Much different. <laughs> much different. You are splitting hairs there, my friend. Oh. Much different. So yeah, when I heard about this, and when you told me about this, I almost fell over flat in my chair here. Because I can, I'm literally, I'm literally beside myself. You got to be kidding me, Eric! A game well, show based on is. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, it says that adults will be competing in larger versions of games they played as kids. The official description: the format will feature standalone uh, comedic physical challenges where the dual duos of big kids, so I'm sure there'll be teams, yeah. right? Yeah, will compete over uh, supersized arcade games, including pinball, air hockey, alley roller. I guess that's the bowling one, yep. and the human yep. claw. And uh, you guess what? You win. You win tickets. Yay! They tickets. better not. They better not rip off the contestants well, the way the establishments rip me off. It says the top ticket earning duo will get a chance to exchange their tickets for prizes off the massive version of I, the iconic Chuck E. Cheese prize wall. Great! So they get to uh, bid on that very large Lego Star Destroyer. So, that what you need fourteen thousand million gazillion tickets oh, to yeah. get. Oh no, you're never getting there. But you'll get a nice. <laughs> I know, right? You'll get a nice rubber bouncy ball for you know like fourteen hundred right? tickets. I know? remember when I used to when I took my daughter there on a couple of occasions for like friends' birthday parties. She would always get like one hundred and twenty tickets, and you think, yeah, one hundred and twenty tickets, oh, yeah. I can get that super soaker behind the counter. Wrong. You can get one bouncy ball, one pencil. And then one of those little sticky arms that sticks to the ceiling when you throw yeah, it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? So right? The kids get so deflated over there because right. you go over there and they got all the cool prizes. Like it's, it's like the fair too. When you that's go to the fair and they have the big stuffed animals, it. right? And that's then, another and then, with but it. then you know, you, like my daughter, same thing, man. I felt so bad, and she's like, has this big old bundle of tickets, and they'd count them, you know, put them through the automatic counter. Yep. And they're like, you got four thousand tickets, and she's all excited, and she's right. all, you know, looking at the dolls, looking at this, right? Looking at that. And it's like, okay, you. It's like, no, you can't look. Look down, level down. Right. You know, you're looking at the wall, but you have to keep looking down, down, down. You get to the counter, right? And then you're looking, and then yeah, like four thousand tickets. Is there a, you like go. you're saying, a bouncy ball and a sticky hand. It's and like a, you and need the clapper. you need the square root of forty two thousand tickets just oh, to get that one. And big they just price. get so deflated. Skateboard, scooter, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, I they get you. so deflated. Here's an interesting yes. thing too. You know, Chuck E. Cheese was founded in 1977 wow. by Atari co-founder Nolan uh, Bushnell. Bushnell. What? Yeah, did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, that's very interesting. And it Whoa. says the Despite the chain uh, chain struggles over the years, okay. there are still 567 locations. Now I know we have okay. a location here. We used to have two. In we town. did. We had the only one we have now is what way up there off what Sean Marks. No, well, no, we have uh, no the one on uh, oh, the one Blackstone. Out, oh, Villaggio. Villaggio, yeah, Villaggio. yeah Ryan, For those of yes. you who live in the Fresno area, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yes, I remember. I did go to a Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, man, back in the oh. early uh, late seventies. I remember uh, okay. there was one off of Barstow. Okay. And uh, you know what that AutoZone is? I know we're talking inside baseball now, folks. Sorry. Where the AutoZone is off of Barstone Blackstone? Barstone Blackstone, yeah. It used to be Chuck E. Cheese. No kidding. Yeah. It used no to be a Chuck kidding. E. Cheese. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, so this will be interesting. What would be more interesting if it turned into like a Five Nights at Freddy's and those uh, animatronics came to life? No <laughs> it way. It became an actual squid game, right? That would be my worst. <laughs> well, maybe. That would be my worst nightmare, though, is if all the animatronics well, came yeah, to life. I tell you what, if, if, the, uh, uh, if they don't get the ratings they want, it may turn into that. I don't know. Oh, man. Say. That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, uh, one more story before we go here. Um, you had this um, yes. 
about uh, Ian McShane. What what is he up to, and what's this guy talking about nowadays? All right, so Ian McShane is an actor. Uh, he was on the HBO series Deadwood, which was a fantastic series a long yeah. time ago. He's also been in many other good films and TV I'm trying shows. To think, was well. it what was that one uh, uh, God something? What was it? Um, not Godsmack. Oh, was he it? was in uh, Neil Gaiman, the American TV version Gods. of American Gods. Yeah, yeah. Neil Gaiman's film version of American Gods. He's a really, really good, tough guy slash gruff actor. Has this very low voice that sounds very sinister at times. Anyway. He's he, another one we should have on our list that we're going to talk about. I, let's, we'll write him down. Yeah, let's yeah, write go him ahead. down right okay, now. Sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, anyway, can, and what we're talking about here is this. So, Ian McShane uh, recently has been seen in the John Wick movies. For those of you who have seen the John Wick movies, you know, oh, they, all they had to do was leave the damn dog alone. But, you know, those are some really, really good films. Okay. Well, Ian Piece McShane, of advice. Very good advice. Leave yeah, the dog leave alone. Leave the dog Never alone. Never touch the dog. Kill me and not the dog. So, yeah, Ian McShane has been in the John Wick movies. Well, I found an I found an article on movieweb.com where he basically slams a film called The Continental, which is the hotel that um, is featured in the John Wick movies. Mm-hmm. McShane, basically to uh, summarize... Um, well, he, now, he plays the character in there. Uh, was it Winston Scott? It's Winston Scott, who's kind of... He's kind of the head of the Continental. Kind of the caretaker. The, yeah, or the, the care- ma- to be the manager or the owner of the Continental. He's like the, the end-all, be-all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has all the contacts. He knows all the routines, everything like that. So he basically came out and slammed the Continental, which is a spinoff of John Wick. That's the hotel that's featured in the John Wick movies. He said, and I quote, no, I wouldn't watch it. I have no intentions. Nobody. I don't think Keanu watched it. Neither has Chad, who was referencing Chad Stahelski, the director of the films. Mm. It had nothing to do with movies. It's just a question of a TV company cashing in on the series and taking the option to air. I'm just yeah. going to stop that quote right there, Eric, because he hits the nail right on the head. Mm. The reason I posted this article is because you and I have spoken ad nauseum on this program many times about how Hollywood has completely destroyed these great franchises of ours. Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Marvel, the list just goes on and on. I posted that in here because I think Ian McShane is basically speaking up about what we are speaking up about. And I think if Hollywood is going to get the message loud and clear to leave these franchises alone, you don't need to make any more money Quit making stories to make money. It's going to take people like, other than the fans, in McShane, who are part of these projects, to go up to Hollywood and say, just stop it. We've had it. Enough is enough. Leave a good thing alone. Okay? Well, and like like I told you too when we were talking about it earlier before <clears throat> the mm-hmm. podcast, and I was saying, well, you know, it's I, I think it is going to come down to the fans. You know, when when eyeballs aren't watching this stuff, <clears throat> when the viewership goes down, ratings go down. That's the this, only yes. time that these studios are going to finally take their foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're just going to you know you know just run these franchises into the ground and try to squeeze every yeah. last. And and here's yeah. the other thing too. I think it's because. <clears throat> Really, they're bankrupt. The con, I mean, and, and what I mean by that is not money wise, and they will be money wise. But I mean, yeah. as far as the uh, content, as far as 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 their ideas, they're they're idea bankrupt. They have no other ideas, new ideas in Hollywood. So they're just going to milk these franchises and try to get every last piece of content they can out of them. Yeah. Before, before, uh, you know, before there's nothing left, before they have to put them in the ground. Yeah, exactly. And so when I, you know, when I read that article, I just, I said to myself, this is how I feel. Yeah. This is how I feel about these franchises. Okay. If you're going to make two or three, even four films in a franchise to make it a franchise, fine. That's great. But I mean, take a look at what's happening with the Fast and the Furious franchise. 
Okay. Yeah. They plan on making two or three more films in that wow. franchise when they've already had what, 20 or 30 so far. Yeah, I mean, like pretty soon it's going to get to the point where Vin Diesel's grandson is going to be in this, in this franchise. Yeah. The point being is that regardless, and yeah, I don't understand the system. We don't understand the system, how it runs and everything else like that. But you know, where does that fine line come? Or where's mm. that fine line drawn between creativity and just cashing in for the sake of creativity, hoping that what you put there on the screen will be viewed by everybody just because it has a name attached to it. Just because it has a name attached to it, Eric, doesn't mean it's going to be a good product. Star Wars is the best example of that. All right, that franchise, best example. We've seen some good stuff come out of the Star Wars franchise, but we've also seen some humdingers come out of there too. Yeah. So, and I I totally agree with Ian McShane, and I would hope that in the coming however long, months, years, whatever, more actors who are involved in franchises would actually speak up and say, hey, we don't like the direction this is going. Mm. Get creative think about something else, move on to the next. Well, and I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you did have some actors, like you've had Mark Little, Hamill yeah. come out and say he wasn't happy with the way they treated Luke, and nope. you had other actors come out. Um, and, and they, like I said, they just don't care. I mean, it, it you know, for them, and I understand, you know, they're a business, so that's the bottom line for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, as far as, as being a fan, you hate to see your um you know the content you love getting watered down or the or the the product uh, you know that you love yeah exactly uh, basically just just becoming a joke yeah you know yeah and i'm sure that there are other actors out there who have been part of franchises that feel the same way in McShane does. And actually, in McShane was part of another franchise that got watered down. He played Blackbeard in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, Pirates yeah, of yeah. the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there are other actors that feel the same way he does. We just need more of them to come out and, and just say what he's saying. It's got to be. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Now, now we, we've kind of been locally, we've been in the acting game, but I can't say that locally, I've played, yes. I played, I can't say that I've played a character, uh, you know, like where, where there was a sequel to anything right but right, my point right. was this is i wonder how these actors do truly feel like you know they're getting paid and they're doing a job and that's what they're there for yeah but at the same time when they have a character that maybe they love or they're really attached to yes you know you wonder how mm-hmm. what does that do to them when when they see this character getting destroyed and they can't do anything about it i mean they have to play it as they're told yeah and they can't do anything about it see yeah. i think it depends on the type of actor when you look at someone like say a daniel day lewis who truly views acting as an art form. He doesn't yeah. view it as a cash cow. Whereas when you look at somebody like a Nicolas Cage, who will do any movie that's tossed his way if it has if it has mm. substantial dollar fa- uh, figures attached to it. Day-Lewis, Daniel Day-Lewis, one of my favorite actors of all time, views it as more of an art form. He would never yeah. be involved in something like this, whereas Nicolas Cage would. So, Eric, I think it depends on the type of actor, how that actor mm. thinks, how they if they view their art form as just an occupation to make money or if they're like Daniel Day Lewis where they get paid but the fulfillment for them is art is is being artistic is acting there's an old saying acting is life okay and mm. um and for people like Daniel Day Lewis who view that profession much and you could put Anthony Hopkins I guess in that same category too Jack Nicholson those are actors who have also done some great work that have never been affiliated with big franchises for very good reason they are students of their craft they view it as an art form so I I think it depends on the type of actor that's just my assessment type of actor and you know uh, I guess Harrison Ford has kind of become that way too 
because uh, Harrison Ford has been a part of some franchises that have started to get watered down. Indiana Jones, Star Wars. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that these actors aren't good at what they do or they're bad people. It just means that they're still kicking around for to get the pay, which it is. It's their occupation. Well, what do you do when they come to you and they're going to offer you millions and millions of dollars to reprise a role, even if you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm I thought, I thought we down. were done with that. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll be Okay, I'm a little bit hypocritical then from that standpoint because I'll be honest with you. If I was in their situation and I was getting $50.6 billion or $50.6 million to play one character over five or six films like Robert Downey Jr. did for playing Iron Man slash Tony yeah. Stark, yeah, I'd take it. Yeah. You'd be a fool not to take it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, it's, but again, it's just really interesting just to see how now it starts to feel like that, um, that, that tide is starting to shift now a little bit, it Mm. feels like. And so I'm hoping that maybe this is a sign of things to come. The only thing that will throw the monkey wrench in, in what you're hoping would happen was, was the AI thing. Because oh think about Lord. that, if oh they can just Lord. take the likeness, if, if these uh, guys Ian sign McShane. off on their, you know, sign off that they can use their likeness and they In, just take their likeness and just still throw, they can throw anything up there they want. Intellectual property, you know, it's real folks. Yeah. Yes. So, and then, and then they will be, you know, then uh, what's his face can be, uh, who's the actor from uh, Fast and the Furious? Can't think of his name right now. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Yeah. yeah. He can be in, uh, you know, Fast and the Furious one. Fast and the Furious 145. <laughs> Still kicking after 40 oil leaks. That would be great. Fast and Furious, 145, still kicking. Right, still kicking. That's right. Still burning rubber. Still burning rubber. Fast and the Furious, 145. Oh, man. Hey, on that Whoa, note, guys. Talk about we, burning rubber. Talk about burning rubber. We're out of here. Yeah, we got to get out of here. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, please, if you can, rate us on the uh, app there. Five stars always yep. helps us out, and we do appreciate it. Yep. And don't forget social media. Facebook at Pardon the Intermission and Twitter at PTI underscore podcast. All right. Take care, and we'll see you on the next one. Yep. Peace out, everyone. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.